You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 77. I am back from vacation. I need to thank Andy for, you know, taking care of business while I was away. Uh, I am back. Uh, there has been a million things that have happened in the New York Rangers world, including a draft. So, uh, Andy, I feel like we can't waste much time, but I have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, weather's been beautiful the last few days. I was jealous of you Uh some of the pictures you were sending of how nice it was up near Lake Ontario, but uh, no, yeah, no, nothing to complain about. I was just telling you off mic that I went to a Pilates class with my wife, and that shit is real hard. So I, my inner thighs are screaming, but it's a real good workout. So if, uh, don't knock it till you try, because holy shit, it, it, uh, it kicks your ass. So, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm doing good. It, it was a fun, definitely a fun week uh, in the National Hockey League, that's for sure, with the draft, and then obviously all the rumblings for the start of uh, free agency as we go into it for Wednesday. Yeah. I, I like, obviously the start of the draft was pretty wild. Uh, New York Rangers obviously didn't have a first round pick. Uh, some of the moves that the Rangers made though, prior to the draft uh, are certainly noteworthy. I, I mean, Andy, I don't know. Where do you want to start right now? Well, I guess we should, we can maybe start leading into the draft. Just how, it just just the 24 hours going into it i mean i'm trying to think going back in my memory of like what kicked everything off i mean uh man i mean debrink i guess we start with the debrinka trade right and then work our way uh towards the draft and you know out of it right so that was the first thing that happened because that happened prior to the draft was the alex uh debrinka trade um which yeah, because I, I mean, obviously there was more stuff because there were so many. There's just all the, the the pundits were like, "Oh, will Mark Andre Fleury resign? He wants this," and or you know, first it was reported he did resign, and then another. I think Kevin Weeks said that, and then someone said, said he didn't, and then we're getting rumors about Kaprizov not being able to, uh, he, you know, get out of uh, Russia and get back into the country. It was it was just like I said, it was a wild day in 24 hours leading into the draft. And then the event itself was wild just to get all the GMs uh, in one place. So, but yeah, I think the Dabrinka trade was the first big thing that really 
you know, was like, oh man, this is buckle up, you know? Well, the McDonough to the Predators wasn't like that happened before July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. And that was even wild, you know? And then, you know, obviously July 7th, everything started kicking into gear. Like you said, with the Debrinket trade, uh, Rangers, you know, obviously trading Georgie. So yeah, the the Debrinket trade though, as you mentioned, were you, were you kind of sh- like shocked on what the return was for him, um, and kind of shocked that Ottawa, uh, you know, went and made the deal with him. I, I I didn't. It's not that I wasn't expecting Ottawa. It's just I, you know, I was in vacation mode, so I wasn't certainly not expecting uh, him being moved uh, prior to well prior to me returning home. So uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the Debrinket trade? I mean, I I was sh- not shocked that it happened because we heard it might happen. Right. Uh, but everyone, even the, I think most hockey insiders were kind of shocked by the, the, the return on it. I mean, I guess my first question was like, obviously you have to recoup some assets here and he's one of the guys who can, they can get the most in return, despite the fact that he is relatively young. I mean, he's the same age as McDavid, right? Um, or is he a year younger than McDavid? I, I think I know they played together, and um, but I I think they're I, yeah I think he's what twenty five twenty four twenty five maybe right Alex yeah I think he's twenty five okay so like I guess you know I guess in that sense maybe it does make sense that you're going to trade him but then you see what the return was and it just I I just you. I don't know what the hurry was. You know what I mean? I guess they wanted to kick it off with that draft. Although, yeah, I guess they want to be, they know it's going to be long and painful. And I mean, clearly they just went scorched earth the second he was out the door. And obviously there is something to be said about ripping the bandaid off and just going for it. But yeah, I mean the return, obviously a lot of teams were probably like, well, we could have beat that. You know, I'm sure the devil's fan, I know devil's fans were angry. They're like, why didn't we beat that? Or why didn't we do this? Uh, and then the only speculation you've heard from a lot of insiders is like, well, obviously the, the, ta- uh, the cap is so tight for a lot of teams right now, and he's going to command a lot of money. He's only 25. So he's, he's opening, you know, he's opening his wallet and he's saying, you're either putting $9 million in this wallet there's around, you know, they're around in this wallet. I'm a 40 goal scorer, a multiple 40 goal scorer, and I'm only 25 years old. So I'm still in entering the basically starting my prime right now. So, you know, um, yeah. So obviously that might've scared off a lot of teams, not so much to take him on, but to have to then give him, be responsible for giving him this next contract. And at that point, are you only going to pay him a lot, the heavy assets to take him as a rental? So that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, obviously I was shocked at the lack of return, but, uh, I, you know, I think if Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane didn't, and I think even uh, uh, Chicago's GM now made a, a comment is like, it's one thing to talk about it and, and talk about what we're doing. And one thing to see it play out, you know, you have to imagine just watching that, that Cades, you know, Taze and Kane are understand. They're like, you know, whatever sentimentality we had about, well, we're important to this franchise and kicking around Duncan Keith just retired. You know, it's it, it you know, they're, they have to leave. They should want to leave, but they're, we'll they're gone. I, they're, well, they're here's the thing. A, I could, I think Kane's gone. I could see Jonathan Taze being trying to go down with the ship. Cause I well, just where's Taze going to go? I mean, realistically, I feel like 
you know, I, I don't want to knock the guy, but you know, he's, <laughs> he, he's an unbelievable, you know, leader. Uh, but the talent seems to just not be there. His, you know, ability to put up points in this league has kind of, you know, dissipated. Yeah, you're, I, know I think you're paying hurt. for a guy who's realistically a a second to third line center who can win faceoffs and has, you know, good intangible leadership qualities. But, you know, unfortunately, it seems like you'd have to overpay for the privilege to get a player like that. You know what I mean? It's you're paying him more for his past body work than what you might actually get. Whereas Kane is still every bit as lethal offensively, you know, he, he still doesn't play any defense, but he never really did. And he's, he, he's can still, he can still just, he's an unbelievable offense driver and playmaker. Um, so, you know, well, he's still over the last five seasons, he's second in the league in points. So yeah, no, he's still offensively as a wizard and just doesn't pretends the, the other zone doesn't exist. So if you're a team that defends really well, but, uh, can't score goals like, oh, I don't know, the Carolina Hurricanes. That's a player you should be all in on. But again, we know Carolina's big problem is they don't like to spend a lot of money for anyone. So, you know, he doesn't really fit their MO either. But um, yeah, so obviously I was shocked at the lack of return. Uh, kudos to, um, to uh, you know, Ottawa for jumping all over that. I mean, Pierre Dorian did a great job. I don't know how he if he was just first first on the phone or right place, right time. But that's a huge get for Ottawa. You know what I mean? We'll see if they can they can resign him and keep him there or if he wants to stay there. But they might be good sooner rather than later. And this definitely helps them. So and who knows? Maybe they land Claude Giroux, too. He's been linked to there. And then if you add Claude Giroux and Alex to and you already have, you know, Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk you know, and all these, they'll probably trade Connor Brown, but you know what I mean? Some of these other guys they already have, like, yeah, they, they can be good sooner rather than later. So credit to Ottawa. Um, but yeah, that shocked me. And then obviously all the JT Miller rumors circling around, he was, he was almost penciled into the Islanders lineup for a little bit there. And then the deal fell apart, it seems. Uh, and as of right now, you know, it's, there's a lot, but there's been, there was so much uh, smoke being put out there by teams and player agents you know, prior to the draft, just trying to drum up interest in prices and, you know, so market manipulation on all that. Yeah. Well, I had a question for you kind of before we get into like that type of stuff, but the, with the cap going up potentially in the next, I think it is right. It's, it's supposed to go up like almost like 10 million in, in four years or three years, you know, with that playing out, do you see, players you know maybe not a Giroux since he's a little bit older but some of these guys just signing shorter term contracts knowing that since the cap is going to go up they want a bigger piece of the pie once once that happens uh, I definitely could see younger guys who have feel they have time doing like that taco yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> those I think honestly you might see a lot of younger players pushed for the bridge because they know the teams don't have it but they will potentially have it uh yeah, and who knows how much they're saying, like, listen, I will do, you need you need me cheap now, but there's, you know, I'm doing this, and I know this is a business, but I know you're going to have more money, and if I see you uh, spend it on something stupid when I, it's time for me to get my raise, then I'm just going to go bring my talents elsewhere, you know? So it's a gamble, but, I mean, it's a it's there's definitely better incentive for younger players, maybe more unproven players to do that, you know what I mean? Whereas... Uh, you know, just once you're past the age of 
of uh, 30 in the National Hockey League, there's a, a farmer with a double barrel shotgun just always kind of standing in the background, <laughs> you know, at any point. So, um, so yeah, I, I it makes sense to me that uh, that maybe young players might try to leverage the fact that they understand that the cap they might be more willing to instead of settling for and haggling now they'll say yeah i will take the or they'll they might themselves push a bridge deal you know what i mean if they think you know and especially a player like kako or lafreniere as much as it would obviously suck for the rangers because again um you know i i feel like bridges are kind of almost like a necessary evil it's like they're strategically in a perfect world bridges don't ever really work out because it's like I mean, they work. They work out in the sense that that they're there to help you. They're they're basically there to help teams squeeze you in early when you're produ- still young and productive to get some some cheap productivity. But like, it either you know, it either work like you either outperform it and then you got to get paid and now you're going to lose more money in the long run, or it doesn't work. And I don't know. It's like I guess you could say in that sense you might say it. it it didn't work out or it worked out, but it's like, then you just, I don't know. It just doesn't, they just never seem to work out. It's like the teams, the Colorado, those, these teams that you're like, I can't believe they have that guy locked up for that number the teams. It's just say, you know what? We have faith in the player and it is what it is. Although I guess then you have teams like, you know, with Clayton Keller or you're like, this guy makes too much or whatever, or, you know, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. The, the problem is with the bridge. It's like the reason why you sign the bridge is because you don't have any faith in that player. And when it doesn't work out, that kind of means the bridge did work out in your bet in your favor, but it didn't work yeah. out for the player. Yeah, no, it's the thing is as you, as a team, you sign a bridge. It like, if it doesn't work out, it sucks because now you don't have the player you thought. So you, so you still lose in the, in the long term anyway, even though you're like, Oh, well I might at least dodge. Yeah. You're paying yeah, as you're much money, but way. it's like, yeah, but you're not, you, you would have rather paid for the guy who can give you what you want. You know what I mean? So. Right. Right. You're either losing the player or you're going to lose the player through a contract because you now yeah. you don't have them under lock and they're going to command a lot more money. So yeah. Or they yeah. suck, <laughs> which is yeah. not, would not a better thing. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I, I listen, it's certainly going to be very interesting to see what the Rangers do. Uh, Kako, you know, Kako's the big one, right? He, he's the, the one guy that the New York Rangers have to sign. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, obviously, you know, there could be rumblings of an offer sheet, but that doesn't seem likely. Uh, for Capo Kako, Obviously, I think there's going to be a bridge, and I think he'd be smart to sign the bridge because, as you know, I do think he's going to you know perform pretty well over the next few seasons as he you know has gotten better and better, and then the cap going up, he's going to eventually make more money, and if he wants to stay in New York, that's probably the best way for him to do it. Um, you know, my question to you, Andy, you know, the Rangers are not going to trade him, right? I think that's what every Ranger fan is either excited about or worried about because, you know, I, I know there are a lot of Ranger fans that don't like Kako. I like him. I think, you know, defensively, he's been great. Uh, offensively, obviously, he's had his struggles. I would be very interesting to see if he, you know, got more pl- power play time, how his points would change and his perception would change. Uh, yeah. So, Andy, what do you think happens with Kako? Is there obviously there's a chance that he gets traded, but 
you know, give it to us straight here. I, yeah, you know, I, if I had to, if I go with my gut, I think he gets signed to a, a bridge and doesn't get traded only because, you know, right as, wing, wingers, like where are we going to get a right wing for? Well, yeah. A, we need right wingers right now. Uh, B, I think, you know, teams took a, a team like Carolina offer sheeted a player like uh, Jesperi Kokuniemi, and that's really has not worked out. And he almost had more, had shown more than Kako has up to this point. You know what I mean? Uh, and I guess in terms of tr- using him as a trade chip, I just, if you're you're trading him, if you're trading Capo Kako, even if you're like, you know what, it's the cost of getting someone really good who helps us, that person has to be locked up. Because I think I could, maybe I could see Drury moving Kako for a player that would be under team control, but I don't think there's a chance he moves it for a player who's purely a rental. Cause I think even he would understand that that's horrible asset management, you know? Yeah. So that's my only thing. Listen, I mean, if they somehow have maybe in some weird, uh, some way they figure out how to make the dollars and cents work and they talk extension with JT Miller and they trade him for JT Miller maybe i don't i don't Please necessarily God, think no. that i still don't think it, it he would be included in that as much as connects fans may hate that but again i don't, I don't know i don't know because the second say i say it's probably not going to happen it's going to happen i'm going to be furious so but i just yeah i don't think so and i just i just think at the end of the day james is that they're so tight they need as much production from their elcs i think that's more important for them so you know i think and yeah i mean he, he wasn't unproductive during the, the playoffs. Yeah, he wasn't as productive as Lafreniere and Heedle, maybe, but he was still part of he was probably one of the, the, the biggest contributors to their success. I mean, they all helped each other, but you saw he, he's the guy he's the guy that does the gets the keep ins and sets the pick or does the block or gets the steal and then just it gets moved around and he doesn't get an assist or he gets a secondary assist, even though he's the one who the only reason that play is still alive is because he did the work. You know what I mean? So but right. we say this, and now players like Andre Pilat are going to, to free agency, and you know, so we'll see, you know. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess my next question for you it was a signing that the Rangers had, uh, kind of a quiet signing, doesn't really mean much. But I, I'm just curious if your thoughts about it. Uh, the goat is returning to the New York Rangers, a one-year deal worth, and is a restricted free agent after this one year, but he signs for 800k. Uh, what are your thoughts with him? Because the vibe I got towards the end of the season was that, you know, the Rangers were kind of moving away from him and that experiment's kind of over. Yeah, it surprised me a little bit. Although, again, I think maybe if they understand that it's just they can, he hasn't done enough to command more money. And it's not like he makes enough money that it's either, you know, obviously I. I guess it's a, can be a win-win-win for most parties. It's not an unmovable amount of money. You know what I mean? Either either outperforms it for the Rangers and they're if they, in his limited stints with them, if they they give him a shot, and that's great. Uh, or he's just like, this isn't working out. You guys don't believe me? Just trade me, and that team will be like uh, a big kid who can't really figure it out, but only makes eight hundred k and and can draw penalties and is fast. Like Arizona or or Chicago would be like, yeah, we'll force feed you bottom six, third line minutes, and you're going to put up points no matter what, and then we can flip you for more. So you know what I mean? So it's, it's not unmovable at that point. So I think it makes sense for both sides. You know what I mean? The Rangers have always been pretty gracious with 
moving players who aren't happy, you know, they haven't really held anyone against their will. Although I, I you know, we'll see. I don't, I, I don't think they've held uh, crafts off against his will, you know? So, but, but usually if a, if a player, it's like, if it's mutually like, look, we're clearly, you don't see, you know, you're, you're, you, you don't see it with me. Just put me somewhere we do. They're usually pretty accommodating about that. So I just think for, for 800 K it just makes too much sense for both sides to be like, all right, we'll see how it shakes out next year. Cause, uh, there's a potential that the money's so tight that the and none of the Rangers deals come through and they can't sign, you know, who, whichever miracle second line center is supposed to come. And they say, all right, well now heels our second line center. Um, and that means there's an extra spot in the third line. You know what I mean? So, right. That's probably, I think maybe how they might be looking at it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and it's kind of a pleasant surprise. I, I don't, you know, although the goat doesn't really produce much, uh, I, the efforts there and as when he fills in and, he kind of plays that fourth line role. I think, you know, he does do a lot of good. He gets pucks to the net and, you know, he does create plays. It's just, you know, all, all Swedish, no finish for him, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, one of the biggest things I do want to talk about, Georgie traded to the avalanche. Uh, yeah. you kind of called it all season long that during the off season, he would be traded elsewhere. Uh, Colorado, this is the reigning Stanley cup champion. Uh, now has Georgie and net uh, going to be very interesting for Georgie. Now that he's got a team that's going to score a ton of goals in front of them and doesn't really give up too much because they're usually always playing offense. And, you know, I just, just curious, you know, how he's going to fit there. Cause I, I think he's like almost a, that's, this is like a match made in heaven for them. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I mean his workload will be way easier. And what have we always said about Georgiev? If he can get, as long as you let him get in a rhythm, he's good. Maybe he's not Igor Shosturkin good, but he can be good. It's just the constant starts and stops really mess with him. Uh, but goalies are voodoo, and some have good seasons. Like, Gurya was absolutely lights out his first two seasons with the Rangers, you know, and we were like, well, he's probably going to take over for Henrik Lundqvist. But that was before <laughs> even, um, you know, Shosturkin had even shown up or had proven himself to be a, a you know, who the player we know he is now. But... Yeah, I mean, it might work out or it might not. You know, who knows? Goaltenders are, are voodoo, but it, like you said, it should be a match made in heaven. Uh, and actually, as we record this, they came to agreement on extension for Georgiev 10 minutes ago. He got uh, three years, 3.4 million a year. Okay. So, you know, he gets paid, obviously, even despite winning uh, a little too close for comfort with the Darcy Kemper experience. So, a little too much, you know, what money he's going to want. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Edmonton and uh, Toronto are looking for goalies. I think they're the two last teams left without a goalie, right? Because it's uh, things aren't very yeah, happy. Uh, they're not happy. Razik with went to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's his face in Toronto is, uh, yeah, not happy. He thinks they, they really treated him like a like a, a, sh- a joke, you know. Um, what's, his, what's that kid's name who played one year for them? Oh, um. I don't know. That's the thing. There's so many goalies are, especially out West goalies. It's so weird. The carousel of goaltending, because I haven't had to worry about a goaltender yeah. in like, I don't know, my adult life. Pretty Jack much. Jack Campbell. Sorry. So I was going to kill me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But so like, yeah, yeah, no, I just, I, I, I don't have to worry about, goal. I don't even think like, it's like, 
insane to me that like teams just can't find a goalie. I'm like, how hard is it? I mean, we got two, <laughs> we got okay. two potential Hall of Famers in a row. What are you guys doing? I know. And I mean, like you said, outside of that, the lean, the dark years, you know, to go from Richter to, you know, uh, like I said, there the the Dan Blackburn years, maybe aside, but to go from you know pretty much Richter to, to Hank to uh, Igor is just yeah. So we're definitely spoiled as Rangers fans. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you could fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, just make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, I got one more one more theory, and I want... Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So this is a little 3D chess. Uh, I have to give credit to Frank, who uh, has been on the podcast before. He actually threw some 3D chess at me, and I didn't even think of this. But, you know, I just want to hear your thoughts, because I thought it was actually pretty good. That he, that Drury wanted to get Georgie into Colorado, because if the Rangers were ever to face Colorado in the Stanley Cup final, he's not scared of playing Georgie, and he knows that they'd be able to win. And it's almost like weakening, you know, the team that's potentially probably going to be in the Stanley Cup final once again next year. So Drury playing a little 3D chess here, sending the asset or the non-asset of Georgie to Colorado because that's who he wants to face in the Stanley Cup final. Your I thoughts? mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously Colorado <laughs> wanted him. It's not like they're like, all right, I guess we'll take him. You know, so I think they think he's a worthy bet and you know with whenever i've seen him i think there's goalies that run into problems because of a lack of mechanics like uh a mike smith type and then i think there's goalies that run into more problems because maybe uh mental focus where georgiev is a goalie where things can really uh pun intended you know like avalanche on him and snowball on him when he if he lets in one bad one you kind of see the the body posture start to slip and slip and slip. So, you know, I think he can be good, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's one thing, you know, I mean, the Rangers have had a, a nice history of flipping backups to other teams with that. They're like, Oh, they could be a starter for us. And, you know, Cam Talbot, despite having some up and down years since being traded is still trying to prove his point. Now he's furious. He's got to split a load with Mark Andre Fleury. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, maybe it has some weight, but I at the same time, it's like obviously Colorado thinks this is better than what they had, and better what they had, as flawed as it was, still was enough for them to win the Stanley Cup. So you know, we'll see. Um, but no, nah, you know, listen, I think Georgiev wanted this. Rangers fans, 
you know, lost their, their latest punching bag. Cause I feel like he was the only punching bag really on this team this season. Everyone was kind of all in on everyone else. They were high on the team. Obviously they went far, but he, he got the brunt of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, good luck to him. I guess we'll, you know, he got, he got the money he wanted. He's getting to get the time he wanted and he's got arguably the best team in hockey, <laughs> you know, in front of him. So that should make it easy. But if he doesn't, if you fail in that spot, uh, doesn't bode well for you to, to, to succeed anywhere else now does it yeah so. it's not going to get any easier there's not a single team where it's going to get any easier so it, yeah, yeah exactly but um yeah but we'll see obviously the rangers going to play him and he's going to do what you know every time he plays the toronto maple leafs he turns into you know uh dominic Hoshik, <laughs> so um uh the other speaking of alexander georgiev uh the other player intrinsically linked to alexander georgiev tony d'angelo was uh, traded to philly what were what were your thoughts about that Total shocker. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, I don't know what Carolina is really thinking. I mean, they, you know, struggled to score goals, especially against the New York Rangers. Uh, He is an offensive defenseman. Uh, He had, you know, you know, I believe he was still top 10 in points for a defenseman in the National Hockey League. Uh, listen, the guy's a polarizing player, but it didn't seem to be an issue with Carolina or else, you know, I, I didn't hear of any stories where Carolina was, you know, displeased with his, uh, demeanor. Uh, I, although, you know, the kid is, you know, a Philly fan, he's got a lot of ties to Philly. I don't know if this is something maybe his agent pushed, uh, to get him to, to the Philly, but, uh, just an odd situation overall. I don't, Again, kind of on vacation mode when this all happened. So uh, I'm just curious, Andy, did anything like come out of why this happened? I mean, obviously, you know, he's saying all the right things. He's going to buy in the Tortorella. Uh, You know, he's probably getting a a better contract of what he would have gotten if he stayed in Carolina because Carolina obviously are the penny pinchers, as you mentioned. So I, I just want to hear your your thoughts on it uh, now that the kind of dust has settled on this move. Yeah, I you know I it it's like because we've spoken like Tony is pretty much and the numbers bear this out he is a purely offensive defenseman, good at transitioning the puck, uh, good at generating offense in the opposing team's end, bad at defending against other teams. So. Uh, again, I guess, well, one thing is, I think if you look at Carolina, who has traditionally been a very solid defensive team, if you, I think if you took, take a deeper dive into the numbers, those have kind of, they kind of dipped this year. Cause I, there's at times, again, I thought it was easier to score against them than it was the Pittsburgh Penguins for watching the playoff. I mean, I don't know if you, you agree with that, but, um, you know, I mean, but then there were games once they got into their structure, they could lock you out. But Tony was one of their weeks, you know, the weak spots in the armor for some of the, that series, just because, you know, every, everyone remembers the Zabanajad stick flip into the rafters where he was complaining to the refs instead of defending, you know? So, right. Yeah. And I, listen, I don't think they had a, you know, I think he understood after what had happened that he stood to lose money if he kind of uh, continued to be too you know, I don't know, uh, public facing. So he reined that in. And, uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're moving on from him was anything to do with his demeanor. Although, you know, you never know if it was, we wouldn't hear it, but clearly the way it happened, it wasn't so much, 
you know, it's, uh, he, he, you know, it just, it's, it, I don't think it was that so much. I just think it's one of those things where it's like, we, cause Caroline is usually pretty shrewd with this stuff. And we're like, why are they doing this? And then they'll probably go around and sign like John Klingberg. And we're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. They just got upgraded to a guy who is, you know, you, you sacrifice a little bit of offense for a guy who's still very good offensively and good de- defensively. And then you're like, it makes sense. Right. You know, he's just like a total upgrade over a player like Tony, uh, from Philly's perspective. I mean, they are, they say they're still going for it. I mean, they still have a lot of players locked in there. You know what I mean? They're, they're stuck with the rest of line in contract. Uh, they still have Kevin Hayes. Um, you know, they have Ryan Ellis, although he never got to play for them. So, cause he was hurt all last year. So I don't know, they're going to roll it and they're going to see what it goes. And I think a player like that, Tony, that, you know, I mean, any other play, if he wasn't any other player with his maybe, you know, production to, yeah, even though he might be a specialized defenseman, the, that putting up that many points is nothing to to sniff at. You know what I mean? And but because of just the the reputation, he's you know I guess Philly sees it as a market you know inefficiency that they can exploit. You know, so and yeah, who knows? I guess he he posted this whole thing about like is his dream to come to Philly, and so you know. It kind of, I guess it makes sense in that that end. So we'll see. You know, Torts and Tony is going to be a interesting thing. We know Torts likes guys who are, com, you know, fiery and competitive. So we'll see. You know, if it's it's either combustible or it might work in a strange way. But yeah. So to correct what I said, he was fifteenth uh, in the league in points, uh, but he only had sixty four games played compared to the players above him with eighty, eighty two, seventy eight, and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, he, he point percentage wise, I you know, he's at the top of the league. So um, here we go. Points. Uh, maybe I should just go to points per game and uh, see where he ends up. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I Listen, Tony is kind of removed from, you know, what the Rangers did this past season kind of removes Tony from the New York Rangers, you know, talking point. Um you know, I don't know for him to go to Philly. I hate Philly. So Tony's now part of a team that I, I hate They're a top five team in the league that I hate. Uh, I wish no success there. Uh, you know, even towards going there, it's still in a weird way kind of stings. I just feel like not, not that like tor- towards again, totally removed from New York Rangers hockey going there. I kind of, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. So I, yeah, there's just, I don't know. I wish them nothing but the worst. And, you know, I hope that implodes and, you know, Philly's a dumpster fire. So, yeah, that's where I stand there. Uh, but other than, you know, the contract and, and everything with him, you know, listen, the the kid is from that area. He wants to play, you know, for the Flyers. Carolina is, I don't know, making room for maybe a bigger move. I, I don't, I don't know. I guess, you know, time will tell, but all I know is that Carolina as of right now, I think is a little bit worse than they were when they had Tony. So take that as you want, but um, what else do we got? I mean, there's a million trades here, Andy. I, um, I do, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Chicago again with the Kirby doc trade, you know, 
that was kind of wild and probably the biggest wildest point of the the draft, especially in the first round. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, like a, a, all this happened, you know, we just talked about everything that happened literally prior to the draft or like right on the, even the day of and then to start just finally have a proper draft in an arena again in a place as fervent as Montreal, where Montreal is the first pick, you know, and right off the, the board, they everyone kind of figures it's going to be Shane Wright and shocker. They, they pick uh, Slavkovsky. Um, so it's already off to a, a pretty wild start. And then, yeah, then they make that, uh, that trade and, uh, you know, listening to some, uh, you know, NHL radio and the insiders podcast and all that there, you know, speculation was that they, you know, I, Chicago ended up with the, with the, the pick they, you know, they traded for, um, to, you know, for Doc, uh, they ended up. Who did they take? They took that that U.S. defenseman. What's his name? That's a, I spoke about this on our last podcast, James. Because usually I am a big prospect guy, but honestly, you know, with the Rangers the way they were this year, I just you know, outside of the bigger names, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really pay as much attention to a lot of these guys. You know, I didn't pay as much attention to the the national development, you know, team development program. I didn't really pay too much attention to college hockey. So, you know, but which is good. That means the Rangers were good. And I, I wasn't like, Oh, who's going to be a, you know, future, you know, but, um, but regardless, they just thought they could start their rebuild off sooner rather than later. You know, I, it's interesting is that because obviously doc goes third overall in the Capo Caco trade or trade draft, the Hughes Caco doc draft right so jeff gorton clearly there was a lot of studying of all those players right so they probably know a lot of his they at least even prior to the the draft you know they they were familiar with the player and what he could what they thought he could be and what his weaknesses were and you know i'm sure they've they're trying to understand why why it hasn't worked in Chicago and like what his usage was and like were they setting up for success or you know so to that end and you know it's it's funny James when I prior to this I was thinking that uh, John Davidson in now that he is the president of, of Columbus I thought Doc was going to end up in Columbus if they were once I first heard that Kirby Doc might be made available you know what I mean. Yeah, I think. And well, and there's a, there's a few things is that number one, we were talking about why do you trade Kurt like they truly have given up on him? Because, well, you know, as Rangers fans, we're talking about Cabo Caco. We're like, oh, we see the flashes being put there, but we believe in him. They flat out gave up on him. Yeah, he's what? young. He's he's cheap. He's you know what I mean? They yeah. are. They, he's going to get force fed. He would, if he had stayed with Chicago, yes, it would have been a bad team, but he would have gotten force fed, you know, higher minutes and would finally have maybe some time to take on some more responsibility and he could have popped. But again, much like with the Brinkett, they're literally like, and listen, there's for the Blackhawks, there is more there than just the last administration there. Uh, you know, you they're currently living in the shadow of both their successes and their failures, uh, both on and off the ice with everything that went down there. And I guess they just see Doc as part of the old, you know, the older regime. And now it's they're just starting. They're literally starting fresh. And whether you or not you think it's smart to do that, um, 
I guess it, it allows them to build entirely in their own vision. You know, maybe they're like, we don't want our, our, our potential franchise centerman to be this guy who was supposed to be the next Ryan Getzlaff. And it's just, we don't see it. You know what I mean? And if you're seen that way, I just, I don't know, maybe they're just like, fuck it. We can get a player. You know, they, they took that young defenseman and they thought, um, this will be our backbone of our team going forward. You know, they're more confident in that and taking that swing. So, yeah, but it was, yeah, it definitely shocked me because, you know, it's, uh, it just goes to show you that like drafting, no matter, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot, man. You just don't know. So, so I was surprised, but clearly Jeff Gordon is, uh, because again, Montreal is a little bit farther along than them. They're still, you know, I, I think if you, if you look at this, I don't, even though they drafted high this year, I don't think they want to be in on the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. You know what I mean? No, well, this, this, well, this is my theory. Number one. Yeah. It's tough to believe in doc. He wasn't, you know, very over, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's kind of underwhelming kind of, you know, I, I I have the same feeling towards him that I do with kind of Kako where just, you know, just never felt like it was there. Uh, both seasons and you're just kind of still waiting for that player to break out. I think, you know, Chicago's looking to scorch earth right now, start fresh, start new. Um, Canadians felt like, all right, we'll trade for doc. Now we have, you know, uh, we'll, we'll take, uh, Flosky, man, that's a, that's going to be tough. Thank God the Rangers didn't get that kid. Um, you know, him and, you know, you have Suzuki, and Caulfield and Doc, and it'll be your two centers and your two wingers for the future, really young. And, you know, I, I kind of like how, you know, the Canadians are kind of building right now. I think that was a really smart move that they made. And, you know, clearly they were moving in a different direction than right. And it felt like, you know, you know, I don't know what the voodoo was, and we could talk about that too with right. But like you said, you know, maybe teams weren't too high on his ceiling and, Felt like, you know, maybe I can get a better player in Doc uh, and, you know, draft, you know, Slavoski, uh, and he's a left winger, right? So I'm not crazy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so you have him and Caulfield as your left wingers and Suzuki and Doc as, um, you know, your centers. So I don't know if there's something to that and they're building for something, but I would imagine that was their mindset. And Chicago clearly doesn't want to be good. Uh you know, you, you know, people knocking them with Mrazic trade. It's like, well, they, they don't have a goalie. They have a goalie. Mrazic's not going to go to a contender. You know, that guy's going to play a ton of games there, and he's going to be perfectly average. And I think, I forget who said it, but someone said it best. Mrazic is good enough to be shitty, like to be good on a shitty team. So, you know, they're going to look to lose enough games where they're drafting, you know, really high in the draft draft list. So, um, yeah, or low, however you want to look at it. So, yeah, I, I just think it was a move that now looking at it makes sense for both teams. And yeah, it was wild when it happened, but you know, here we are and uh, you know, it's kind of exciting. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay with Chicago not being great for the next couple of years. Uh, you know, Canadians are going to be good in the, the next couple of years. So, you know, as a Rangers fan, it, it's going to be uh, another team that we're going to be battling for, you know, potential wild card spots with so yeah uh but that's all i have for that andy uh i don't know if you have any more thoughts on it no not really like you said i i think 
you've seen the uh, come to Jesus moment for so many teams just admitting to themselves, all right, it's over. I mean, even it seems like we're waiting to see if, if Calgary is going to take a step back here. Uh, you know, Minnesota is kind of trying to do, uh, trying to stay afloat despite the the cap realities for them based on the, uh, uh, the Suter and Parise buyouts that really, really haunt them. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I mean, there, there are still a lot of teams that should be f- packing it in right now who are refusing like the flyers, uh, you know, um, you know, put, you know, so I mean, ruins do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sorry. Just got attacked. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, you know, if you're the Rangers, I mean, it was quiet first day for them, but obviously there was so much going on that may, might involve them, even though it didn't come to fruition that it was still riveting enough to like be a, a good, an awesome draft to watch the first round of anyway. Um, obviously it was pretty wild that Shane Wright fell to fourth and then for him to give the death stare to the uh, Canadians table was pretty funny, you know, so we'll, I'll circle that game on my calendar to see if he's, you know, if how you know what he what he really thinks, I think we'll see it in his play on the ice if he's looking to prove something. But uh, no, it, the draft was a lot of fun, and the Rangers obviously got a pretty you know a pretty okay haul. I was pretty happy with it. You know, I mean, they didn't have a lot of picks to play with, but uh, yeah, I mean, I well, you know I I liked every almost everything they did, or, or I should say, I liked the first two players they drafted, and the other ones are like crapshoot so who cares <laughs> you know so yeah well you know we'll get into those more i think the, the prospect campus starting next week or next week or tomorrow yeah. actually tomorrow jesus wow yep. um yeah we're like mid-july right now that's crazy yeah so i mean we can get you know more into the nitty-gritty with uh, some of the players that we drafted uh you know uh, besides the you know and to be honest with you i, I like I was vacation mode, Andy. I was not caring about the draft for the first time in a long time. So um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, kind of what these players are about and see how they progress through uh, your prospect camp. Uh, Do we have anything else to cover? Um, Do you have anything else, Andy? No, not really. Like I said, uh, development camp starts tomorrow. So we'll do some recapping and we'll talk about the draft picks because there's going to be a lot of prospects there, but I believe everyone the Rangers drafted will be present and accounted for. So we can talk about them on the episode that drops Thursday. Uh, But yeah, I mean, again, it's the free agency starts Wednesday morning, so there might be some stuff to talk about there. So it should be pretty eventful, but um, I mean, that's, this is the, I spoke about this a little bit um, on the last two podcasts with, with Neil and then by myself the other day is that the fact that the Rangers went, got so close and went so far into the, you know, making it to the Eastern conference final, it seems like there's the lay, you know, the layoff for no non-hockey doesn't seem as severe this year. It seems like I can't believe we're already here. You know what I mean? It seems like this, the season's going to be around the corner really quickly. So oh, although yeah. I say that, and maybe in the middle of, uh, you know, right around September 1st, I'm going to be dying. I'm going to be like, I need September is going to be a long month. And, you know, right now <laughs> yeah. I'm still riding the high of what we've, done and accomplished yeah there's still irons in the fire obviously 
Oh yeah. And then, you know, there's still so much like, you know, you wake up every day wondering what the Rangers are going to do. And, you know, you listen to rumors and, you know, mock trades and you're reading and all that. And there's just so much, you know, that the Rangers still have left to take care of in terms of, you know, putting a roster together for next year that, and it's not like, you know, you're filling out your fourth line here. We're still, you know, maybe going after a number two center. Uh, you know, it, it, there's just, you know, we haven't signed Kako yet. So there's so many things that the New York Rangers are looking looking at right now. And uh, it'll be very interesting now that the draft is over to see, you know, what the, the names are surrounding the New York Rangers. As you mentioned, there's JT Miller, Dubois. You know, there's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the New York Rangers world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm a little worried, obviously, because, you know, I don't want to take a step back mentally as a fan with a move that I really dislike. And one of those would be JT Miller. And I don't even really understand why I don't like it other than he's already been here. He's left. I, I just don't see him as that type of player that I want. In fact, I feel like he's just Ryan Strom's clone and you're just changing the name on the back of the jersey and that's the kind of play that we'll get where it's just, you know, some flashes of really good hockey and then all of a sudden he just disappears. I kind of, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I want, Andy, so you're going to have to talk me through this entire offseason. So, um, yeah, that's it for me, Andy. What do you got? Uh, nothing. I mean, yeah, I... Again, the all summer, the uh, it's it's almost become more of a how do I say this? Uh, a epistemological question for the New York Rangers is who is the second line center of this team or who is going to be the second line center? Uh, it's about because it basically represents faith in Hedl or and slash or the youth of this team versus the belief that you know, it has to come from outside. You know what I mean? You and I have always talked about how the path of, at least the, the path of cheaper resistance in terms of dollar, you know, money and cap is, is to just let the kids see if they can handle it. You know what I mean? And then just try to replace under, which would grant them a lot more flexibility down the road, you know, going into the deadline next year. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The Rangers keep getting linked to some of these big names, right? You know, I, been players I'll command a big contract and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois and uh, Evgeny Malkin and uh, oh, totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe who knows? Come Wednesday, you know, come Thursday morning when the podcast comes out, Evgeny Malkin, who was apparently feeling uh, mistreated by the Pittsburgh I'll take Penguins. credit for that one though. What's up? I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before that the Rangers could be interested in a Malkin. I mean, he's, he, despite his age, he is still a good player. Um, and he wouldn't cost them assets. He would just cost them money. And because of his age, I think he might even agree if it's, if he's leaving, I don't think he cares too much about finishing the run somewhere. I think he, you know, I think, I think it's, I think the only thing that would prevent getting Malkin from signing with the team is I don't necessarily think term, or length would be a sticking as much of a sticking point for him. Cause I think if he's I think he done with Pitts, I think if he's done with Pittsburgh, I think he wants to say, I'll do a year or two here. And if I'm not feeling it, I'm going back to the KHL or whatever. And I'm finishing there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I mean, that's, that's, that's just baseless speculation on my part. He might feel totally different, but you know, I just think that if he's, 
either he either Pittsburgh is showing their faith and saying you're you're winding it up with us and come you know stay with us Gino or and which seems to be at, it could be bluster from the agent to up an offer but it seems there seems to be a lot of we know Sidney Crosby flew to uh, Miami to to try to like console him and be like hey no we this team still does value you or whatever you know what I mean he's feeling very disillusioned it's playing out like a like a like a you know like a, te- a movie you know so um but no he could be a good fit for the rangers i mean uh yeah because we a very motivated of getting malkin a pissed off of getting malkin is always the best of getting malkin um and yeah i think malkin just is so talented i mean uh, what an upgrade from ryan strome right i mean Absolutely. I and say this knowing that uh, Dylan Strom will probably be Brian Strom's replacement, but um, you know, gosh, I can't. Dylan Strom's actually I, not a bad player, though. I, by the way, I, I, he's. Know. I think he's he's better defensively than Ryan. And uh, I'm just listen. I you you're done with you're done with the Stroms. You're just. Well, <laughs> it's just like I've gotten too spoiled. I made it to an Eastern Conference Final. I I need like I already know where like how much better we need to get to beat a Tampa or a Colorado. And it's like when you're throwing names like Strom to replace a Strom that it's not getting, it's not getting the job done in my, in my head. And, and listen, I could be totally wrong. And if it happens, I hope I'm more wrong, but I just feel like call me crazy. I just don't think that's going to work. Here's a question, James, and this will be my final one before we wind this one down. I mean, we know what the Rangers MO has been in trying to build a contender. Now that we know that Andre Palat is most is going to walk is going to go to free agency to see what he can get, do you think Drury he's the type of player Chris Drury would throw the bag at? And he he totally he totally torched the Rangers uh, in the in the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, I, I I mean I definitely do. My the only question is like I, I again I don't have anything in front of me like I don't know how old he is exactly. It's thirty. He's thirty one. He's thirty one. Okay, so he's not going to be looking. He's going to be looking for a longer contract to kind of ride out, ride out his t- tenure in no. the NHL. I, I mean, you know, uh, honestly, if you keep Palat, is it makes sense to try to keep Filipedal? You know, just having a fellow countryman there to help kind of show him how to play. You know, because I think Heedle's got so much potential still. It's just has, you and know, I has agree. He and Heedle's the type it. of guy that you can move to the wing sometimes too. So, well, that's, that's yeah, that's a thing. I think uh, Palat is a type of play. I think, I think he's definitely the type of player the Rangers need. I mean, as much as I would like a guy like Stasny, who is a good player, you know, and would probably be cheap. Unfortunately, he's very old, A, and B, he's slow as, as, as sin, you know, when the Rangers need to get faster. I think Palat kind of fits with this team. You know, if you can't get Yanni Gord, which I, I doubt he's available, but Palat could really do a lot for this New York Rangers team, you know? I Listen, I agree. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I Listen, I just want to take care of Panarin. That's all. I just want a player that's worthy of having Panarin on the wing. And if that player is Palat, then I really do think that there's a point where you then have to stick Zibanejad and Panarin together permanently on the first line and just say, listen, Panarin's just now not our second line. Like, we're just not going to have that depth that we, you know, are so used to having 
we're loading up that first line and, you know, we're going to expect good things out of some of these, uh, you know, younger players. And like Kreider is going to have to be a leader on his line. It can no longer be the Zibanejad show and, you know, Kreider gets the benefit of it. You know, he's going to have to produce five on five playing at a second or third line. So that's just the reality that I think the New York Rangers are going to have to face if they do decide to, to get, you know, a guy that, you know, maybe isn't going to carry the second line, you know, because I don't think it's fair to Panarin. That's, that's all. So, yeah, yeah. We're going to have probably many a podcast of me really bringing the energy level down when we're talking about uh, a number two center here. So maybe not, maybe he gets the job done quicker. Uh, Drury gets the job quicker, gets the job done quicker. So, um, yeah. Well, now I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight, Andy. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, Yeah, that's (laughs) my job. Uh, yeah. So thanks to everyone for uh, so glad James is back because just, uh, the echo chamber of just my voice is pretty boring. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, development camp starts tomorrow. NHL free agency opens Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, buckle up because I think we'll probably have, we'll have some news for you come Thursday morning. So, uh, Yeah, we'll see you all then. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.